Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Monday morning. My, oh my, the sun is shining right now, but there's a lot of gloom and doom around the Tri-State right now. More on that in a minute. Good morning and welcome as always to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. We come your way. Monday through Friday, 10 hey, to 12, P. and that's Eastern Time. You can join us. Just jump onto YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. If you'd rather join us in podcast form, search off the bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in. Gentlemen, good morning. Big night tonight, Chatterbox Sports Night at Great American Ballpark. Casey, Paul, you guys are ready to go. Uh, apparently, Elliot and Jacob are not. Yeah, we're probably going to go straight from the office here. I live pretty far away from here so I'm not going home and then going back down so I'm just gonna go straight from here and rock it on down there chatterbox sports night should be a great time Casey are you already drinking uh no I'm not (laughs) I do plan on drinking early though I'll get down there about an hour early there we go and go to the beer garden there we go you know we get beers we get beers there free well we get two beers free I know, I'm just... Well, we I, get the I buffet dinner, the ticket to the game. You can still jump on to chatterboxsports.com. Now, you might have to wait on the merch at this point because the game is tonight. But you still can get a ticket. 100 bucks, you can get four t-shirts, ticket to the game tonight, uh, buffet dinner, a uh, couple of beer tickets. Elliot, you and Jacob will be there early and often, I'm sure. That's right. Of course. I plan on getting there sometime around 6.30. So we'll start the pregame early. I don't know how many tickets we have left. We were down to around 20 tickets last night. You can also just buy the ticket to the game if you want to for $70. If you don't, if you, you know, we put it on discount. Oh, so okay. if, you just, if you just want the ticket, we're still doing the four shirts deal. But if you just want the ticket, that's $70. Sir, boy, I don't know how many times we have to go through this. We are not. I'm not. You might be. And I'll watch you do it shotgunning beers. We have a show to get ready for here tomorrow morning. It's not happening. All right, so help me here. Would you describe this weekend as a loss L-O-S-S weekend or a lost L-O-S-T weekend? Maybe both. It has to be a loss L-O-S-S weekend because the Reds didn't win a single game in their biggest series to date of the year. A three-game sweep at the hands of Craig Council's Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee hit better. Milwaukee pitched better. Milwaukee defended better. And Milwaukee played better fundamental baseball. First time all year long, the Reds fundamentally were not good. Cincinnati's high-octane offense did not score a single run until yesterday. The team scored a total of three runs in three games and had 10 hits the entire weekend. They struck out 37 times, walked eight, including 18 strikeouts Friday night. Ellie De La Cruz, where was he this weekend? Did he go back to AAA this weekend? No, he was still here. (laughs) There was a positive, however, and a major positive, and that, of course, was the starting pitching, and that's not been the norm around here. The trio of Graham Ashcraft, Andrew Abbott, and Ben Lively, they were fantastic. It was, without a doubt, one of the best starting pitching series in quite some time for this franchise. But back to the original question. Was it a lost 
LOST weekend? Has your confidence level in this team suddenly fallen by the wayside? The answer should be, of course not. The Reds are only two games out of first place. This is not the end of the world. The only way it teeters on that edge is if they continue to lay an egg for the rest of this homestand. And they got good teams coming in. That continues tonight. First of four against the red-hot San Francisco Giants. They've won five straight. They're only a game and a half behind the Dodgers for first place in the NL West. They're also fully armed with one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. This is a better pitching team, statistically anyway, than Milwaukee. Brandon Williamson gets the ball tonight for the Reds against Logan Webb. He of the 3.14 ERA this year. First pitch, 7-10. We mentioned our Chatterbox Sports Night tonight. The voice of the Giants, Dave Fleming. You see him on the Giants. More of you see him on ESPN, college basketball, college football. He will join us in about uh, 15 minutes from now to preview the series. Is the offense getting a much-needed boost? Apparently so. In the form of Christian Encarnacion Strand. The team apparently will bring him up tonight. Will we see him in the lineup? Yay or nay, men? Will he be in the lineup tonight for the Red Legs? Yes. Yes. The yes. Reds have neither confirmed nor denied that that's true yet. Yes. He's, he, if, he is, if he is called up, if that's true, he'll be in the lineup. I hope. He'll be in the lineup. CES, as he goes by, is hitting 331 with 20 home runs and 62 RBIs at AAA Louisville. Of course, he was part of that great deal for Tyler Maui, Maui that also brought over Spencer Steer. Bengals news. We've been talking about this for quite some time. The team has reworked the contract of longtime running back Joe Mixon. He's agreed to take a pay cut from his original deal signed three years ago. Now, apparently the deal is loaded with incentives where Mixon could get some of that money back. It also improves his chances of coming back next year. Mixon said through his agent his goal is to win a Super Bowl and to play his entire career in Cincinnati. The Tennessee Titans are signing wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. The four-time Pro Bowler was cut loose by Arizona at the end of last year. In soccer, they're off for the next month. <laughs> so it was good to see him on Saturday night, and they were good. FC Cincinnati, so impressive. Completing the season sweep of Nashville, 3-1 the final. I don't know if it's an all-star break. I don't know if it's a water break. I don't know if it's a timeout. I don't know what it is. But they're not going to play another MLS game, Casey McAllister, until the third week of August. That's right. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and lastly, there are times. When tennis can be as exciting as any sport out there, and that was the case if you watched any of it yesterday, the men's final at Wimbledon. A five-set, nearly five-hour marathon. The 20-year-old Spaniard who won the U.S. Open last year, Carlos Alcarez, I think is how you pronounce his name, yep. right? Yep. He beat Novak Djokovic. For his first Wimbledon title, the Joker was attempting to tie Margaret Court for the most Grand Slams titles of all time. Jokovic sits at 23. Margaret Court had 24. And uh, the two will probably square off again at the U.S. Open in September. Well, a couple of news and nuggets on that one for people that are interested in tennis. Uh, 
Joker hadn't lost on center court since 2013. Ten years since he'd lost on center court. And the other thing is, uh, Joker is going to play in the Western and Southern. That'll be his first tournament post-COVID. Uh, I think in uh, at least on American soil, if not, uh, I forget what the what the stat is, but it'll be his first tournament for sure on American soil post-COVID. So uh, he'll be here in two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, three weeks, I think. But what? yeah, incredible final yesterday. Absolutely incredible. Had nearly final. a thirty-minute single game. Yes, unbelievable. Unbelievable. It really game. was amazing to incredible. watch those guys. I mean, you know, you guys aren't old enough. I was. I'm old enough to remember. There was nothing like that era. Um, with McEnroe, Connors, Borg, Lendl. I mean, it was just insane how great these guys. And you saw those kind of matches regularly. Um, and, and those four guys dominated the sport for a long time, a lot like Nadal, Federer, right? Djokovic. Those guys have dominated the sport for quite some time. And now here, this 20-year-old, bang, he's on the scene. Alcaraz is... 20 years old. Yep. I mean, he's incredible. Yep. He's 20. Yep. Other than those big three you just named and Andy Murray, he's the first person other than those four to win Wimbledon since he was born. That's right. So Nike put out the ad right afterwards, don't be a part of an era, make your own. And I think he's doing just that. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. All right, we got Dave Fleming coming up here in a few minutes. I want to get your guys' thoughts and feelings about what happened at Great American Ballpark over the weekend. Casey? I'll start with you. Um, you know, Tom, it was really rough. Let there me you go you. again. <laughs> that OCD thing. And I know all about OCD, so go ahead. It, it's really hard to hear in that. So, um, yeah, it was really it was really rough, Tom. I, I don't know how else to put it. Um, I thought that this game, we were talking about it before, and I said 3-0 is like the panic button. And I already hit that. You mean 0-3? Yeah, 0-3. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. That was a soccer mistake. Go ahead. 0-3. Okay. <laughs> um, we're hitting the panic button. I started hitting the panic button after game two, though. I mean, 28 innings or something around that without, yeah, without scoring. And not only was it without scoring, there was only like three or four hits out of those 28 innings. It was brutal, man. It was just terrible. Um I don't know what you guys tried to warn me that this is just something that the Reds are prone to be to do that they just come out really flat. But this is this is like dead. This isn't flat. This is just lifeless. There are two schools of thought on this weekend. There is the thought that everything's fine. It's a long season. It's a marathon. It's baseball. They lost three games to the Brewers. So it goes. You could have stretched out your division lead, but uh, it happens. There's also the school of thought that you can't beat the Brewers. You're, you've, you now only beat the Brewers twice this year, and you only play them three more times. You could have put a lot of pressure on them at the deadline, and this was a massive, massive disaster over the last three days. I don't think I would get mad at you for thinking either one of those things. I personally think I'm in the first school. Like, this is a weekend that could have gone and it, it, in any way it could have been better than what happened. I mean, it, it was about as bad as, as possible besides the starting pitching. Yep. I mean, to lose one nothing again on Friday and then 3 nothing on Saturday, you can't ask for much more out of the starting pitching. Nope. And it hadn't been the starting pitching's issue 
pretty much to this point in the season. So now where you get to a point where, you know, we talked about it on Friday. You went, you went around the room, Tom, and asked what we thought was going to happen this weekend. I thought the Reds were going to get a game, but I wasn't expecting much. Like, I, I was not shocked by what happened. There are just teams in sports. There are just teams that some teams can't beat. I don't know why it's the Brewers, because it shouldn't be the Brewers. It's not like they're the Yankees or some of these other teams with a ton of cachet and they show up with the name on the front of their jersey and all of a sudden the Reds pee down their leg. But for some reason, that's happening with the Reds against the Brewers. And they just can't beat them. But they beat everybody else. And the Brewers, they have some trouble with everybody else. So for as well as the Brewers looked this weekend, for as well as they played and as good as they looked, I'm just not going to sit here and panic at all about what happened. It's frustrating that they could have potentially stretched their division lead to, you know, two, three, four games, depending on how things went, two or four. But I, it just – I'm just not going to sit here and panic. I'm okay. just not going to do it. All right. It. Elliot, you panicking or no? Yeah, I think it's okay to panic a little bit. I, I think – and I, I, I brought the season of 2021 because I thought these teams were kind of similar where there was a lot of hype, a lot of energy around them. And the same exact thing happened where they came out of the All-Star break, played the Brewers, and then they got swept. Uh, it's, it's not good. And ironically, what's, what you're seeing right now is what everybody thought this season would be, which is very good starting pitching and just an offense that is non-existent. Yep. So I, I think you're kind of seeing that. It's, it's frustrating with how well the offense has been. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's it. I'm, I'm very frustrated. I think there's a little, a little time to worry here. All right, uh, Jacob, we're going to get to you in a second because Dave Fleming has been kind enough to join us. Go way back with Flem when he first came up in the big leagues, man. I remember like it was yesterday. He was surrounded by some of the best dudes you'll ever meet in your life. And, uh, Dwayne Kuyper, Mike Kruko, John Miller, uh, many of whom are still around, all of whom are still around, and he's uh, in Cincinnati for the game this weekend. David, how are you, sir? Nice to see your face. I'm great, Tom. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I mean, we see you all the time now on ESPN, college football, college basketball, but your staple gig, if you will, uh, Giants baseball. Giants have won five in a row. Uh, first time the two teams have seen each other this year. You know, I can look at some of the stats and see they're a good pitching team. They're, they're, they're less than, than the middle of the pack offensively, although they do hit some home runs. Fielding apparently has been a major issue. Where is a team right now coming into this series? Because it's a team that's also undergone a tremendous amount of change personnel-wise from where the season began, right? Huge change, tons of young players. That, the one similarity between the Giants and the Reds is the infusion of young players and how that's change the season because otherwise these teams are pretty different I mean the Giants are getting it done right now with pitching the defense has actually gotten a lot better I don't you know the metrics sometimes defensive metrics can be a little noisy or hard to understand for the most part the Giants defense has actually been really good supportive of the pitching the home runs have trailed off the Giants you know 2021 the Giants led baseball in home runs set a franchise record they won all those games last year they hit a ton of home runs uh, they haven't been hitting for as much power. That, to me, is an issue for this team going forward. But the young guys, especially the young catcher, you're going to see Patrick Bailey in this series, has made a remarkable impact on the Giants. And they are. They're kind of a mix-and-match team. They've, it's been a few years of trying to, to 
mesh a rebuild of the farm system with also not tearing down the major league team. And I would say for the most part, they've done it pretty successfully. Giants are in a really tough division with the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks are good. The Padres are super, super talented. So it's intense competition out West these days and the Giants are holding their own. Well, the Giants have an incredible fan base. Uh, Look, it's easy to say, well, they got this great ballpark and it's beautiful and the setting and the whole nine yards. But I've always thought they had one of the best fan bases uh, in all the Major League Baseball. The, the, The fans are into it. They love the team. You know, all fans will show up, you know, the better you are, the more people you have in the house. But what's kind of the view of the team you know, right now where they sit, you talk about their division. You, you talked about some of the things that have gone on offensively, defensively, pitching-wise. We'll get to that in a minute. But is the vibe, because I've been reading a lot of articles, some people think they're going to be a buyer at the deadline. Some people think they might be a seller at the deadline. What's sort of the vibe at this point? Because they're right there, game and a half out of first. They're definitely going to be a buyer. I mean, I, I it's we're two weeks away. It would be a... I, you know, I'm trying to envision a scenario where they wouldn't be. They're going to be a buyer. Like the Giants want to be aggressive. They believe in this team. That that doesn't mean they're going to go trade the whole farm system for Shohei, uh, although that's what Giants fans want. Uh, I mean, Giants fans, it's a very funny time because I think you're right. It's a It's a passionate baseball city and fan base and dying for – another championship team even though it hasn't been that long giants fans are a little impatient they're a little cranky um and a big part of that has been the dodgers success a i mean the dodgers just have been relentless over the last decade year after year after year and adding on star power and as the giants stars have sort of aged out and retired buster posey retires madison bumgarner leaves uh, you know brandon crawford's still around but not quite the level of player that he was. So all those frontline names that Giants fans became attached to for so many years have moved on. Giants fans are really anxious for another superstar or two. Padres have Machado and Soto and Tatis. So we see these guys come through all the time. And Giants fans have been envious of that. Uh, And they went hard, hard after Aaron Judge, really thought they had a, a, a realistic chance of getting him. Then they came to the agreement with Carlos Correa. That fell through. Um, it was a wild ride this offseason. And that's been what's fun about the last month for me is with the young kids coming up, the fan base has been totally energized again by the prospects. And you, you guys have had it happen in this town. It's really happened in San Francisco where these young kids have have lit up Giants fans again. The ballpark's been full. It's been rocking. Really has made a big difference. And there's probably a good lesson in there for everybody trying to build a sustainable winning baseball team, and that is there's nothing like your own guys. You can try to go out and mercenary free agents and whatnot, but there's nothing like the attachment between fans and your own players coming up wearing your uniform, and that's what we've seen. Uh, David, walk us through some of the, the, the pitchers coming up in this series. Let's start tonight with Logan Webb. You know, a lot of people in the Eastern time zone uh, aren't all that familiar with him. But, man, all it takes is one click of your computer to look at what this guy's done the last couple of years. And, again, this year, with a little more offensive luck, perhaps, his record's a lot better than what it is. But his ERA, his innings pitched, uh, all those kinds of things. This guy has to be considered the last two or three years one of the better starters in a league, doesn't he? 
I think he's one of the very best. And he, his value comes because he's really good, but also he just takes the ball and goes every time out. It's so important for the Giants because they built a weird pitching staff. Like you and I probably aren't going to have a, enough time to totally break it down here, but it's the Giants are doing something with their pitching staff that almost hasn't been done before. They've got seven or eight starters at times on their staff at one time. They're using openers. They're sort of piggybacking starters on certain days. All that falls apart if you don't have a guy who just is super reliable like Logan is. He's, he leads a game in innings pitched. He's gone at least five every single time, and he's gone six or seven almost every time. Uh, he's old school. He, he He's not trying to blow you away, although he can pitch for a strikeout. I think he had 11 in his, his last start before the All-Star uh, break. But he's, you know, he's a sinker, slider, change-up pitcher who is okay with contact. The Giants have made it a real priority to play better defense behind him. That was a huge issue last year for him and the whole team, and they have been better behind him. And I, I just love watching this guy pitch. He's an ultra-competitive, great teammate, great leader. It's not, it's not usual, at least in my experience, for a starting pitcher to kind of be the leader of a team. I think Logan Webb is the leader of this team. Um, Anthony DiSclefani, Reds fans are quite uh, familiar with him. I know that when he first came to the Giants, he had a terrific year. And since then, he's had a battle through some injuries. Uh, same thing again this year. He's coming off the injured list, if I'm not mistaken, tomorrow to start. Uh, how do they feel about where he is? is I mean, is, is it a case where they're really going to be watching his pitch count with the first start back tomorrow? Probably a case where they're really going to be watching the effectiveness, I would think, because he really he is. He's struggled the last few times out. I mean, I, Tony is um, he's like Logan. I mean, and you guys got to know him. He is a super intense, like really, really intense game day pitcher. Don't talk to me. Uh, good guy off the field, but he 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 is hard on himself. And it's been an issue over the last he's been frustrated over the last month or so. He even had he went down to Arizona over the All-Star break to pitch like a rehab start uh, in the rookie league down there and got kicked out of the game by the umpire in a rookie league rehab. <laughs> so gives you a little gives you a little insight into Tony and his uh, mindset, how cranky he is. We'll see. I mean, he was really good at the beginning of the year. He was awesome in 2021. It would be such a boost for the Giants if he could get back close to that. I think he can. I mean, for me, a lot of the He's got this fastball slider combo. His slider almost looks like a fastball. It's, just, it's not a traditional slider. It's like an 88, 89 mile an hour little cut slider. If it's a good pitch, if it's getting swings and misses, he's good. If it's not, he's really vulnerable and, and probably will be able to tell right away. All right, for, for fans maybe uh, that are watching, that, that are coming down and have not seen the Giants much this year with all the new names and the new faces, you mentioned the catcher. Who else? You know, another two or three guys that you look at and you say, okay, this is a guy you got to watch for every time he comes to the plate. Yeah, first of all, look, watch the catcher, not just at the plate, but defensively, because so he's been in the big league since mid-May. All of the defensive numbers, whoever you ask, say he's been the best defensive catcher for the full season. So he, he, he has caught up to everybody else. He's an incredible pitch framer, game caller. He throws from all different arm angles. It's going to be a really fun side story to this series, I think. The Reds who want to run. And Patrick Bailey, I mean, he had 
uh, in the span of like two days a couple weeks ago. He threw out Mookie Betts trying to steal, and he threw out Fernando Tatis trying to steal. The Mets hadn't had a guy thrown out stealing in a month and a half, like 30-some straight. Ninth inning of a one-run game, Starling Marte tries to steal second, and he throws him out with an absolutely perfect throw. He is a special defensive player, Patrick Bailey. So he's a, he's been a good hitter too, and that's like almost a bonus, but uh, he has brought this whole team together on defense with his ability behind the plate. They got a 21-year-old kid, Luis Matos, in center field, who's like the second or third youngest position player uh, in the big leagues. Different kind of player than De La Cruz. I mean, not like massive, massive tools, huge sprint speed, just a great bat-to-ball contact sort of spray hitter. He's a fun young guy to watch. I think he's going to have a long, good major league career. Uh, and the other guys that really have stood out, I mean, they have young pitchers who are fun to watch, but the veterans, you know, Michael Conforto swinging the bat great. He had mm -hmm. a great series in Pittsburgh. Uh, Reds fans remember him from his time in New York. The guy can hit. He had a couple 30 home run seasons for the Mets. He's finally healthy and kind of into the rhythm of the season. Michael Conforto is a good player. J.D. Davis is having a great year at second. You miss Tyro Estrada. Tyro, arguably the best second baseman overall in the league this year, and he's got hit by a pitch, and he's going to be out for another month or so. The Giants really miss him. All right, David, we thank you so much. Before I let you go, how's everybody doing? It's not been an easy year uh, for some of the guys that you work with on a daily basis that I've known for over 30 years, and Dwayne Kuyper and Mike Kruko. They've had all kinds of health issues. They've, you know, in, in Dwayne Kuyper's case, he lost his wife. Uh, how's everybody doing? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Uh, they're doing actually really great. Kuyper's doing great. Uh, health is good. His spirits are good. Uh, he and Mike still have fun together. They're mostly doing just home games together. Mm -hmm. uh, he's texting me all the time on the road because I think he does miss being on the road. He misses seeing you and all our friends around the, the league. Uh, John's doing great. He's been on vacation. I haven't seen John for like two and a half weeks. He's coming <laughs> back today. He's been on vacation. So uh, he didn't want to miss this uh, series. And, and Mike is... Mike. I mean, Mike Kruko is one of the yeah. all-time greats to, to ever do this. He was a great pitcher. He's an incredible person, uh, great spirit. He wants to just keep doing it forever as long as he can do it. So uh, I'm glad you asked. I, I have been uh, really, really blessed. I mean, this it's hard for me to even say, but this is my 21st year with the Giants. and it is, It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, and, and, and you couldn't have asked for, you know – it's hard to explain, uh, but 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 many who watch the show regularly have heard me say that, you know, the, the the guys that always look forward to the most in terms of broadcasters for other team as a group collectively has always been whether my days in in Arizona or or later with the Reds were you guys with the Giants because it was uh, you had you had Kruko and Kuiper who are relentless they they never stop as you know I mean. <laughs> It doesn't matter who you are, what you do. They come up with the Marty T-shirts when they come to town. They're buying our son a trophy because they heard some story about something that happened when he was like four. Uh, they're giving you a bunch of heat because you're this young guy that walked into the whole mix. And then John, who, I mean, you just never know one minute to the next what the hell is going on. Uh, it, it really is an amazing group. Kruko and I were uh, texting back and forth uh, yesterday and last night, and I'm just really glad to hear that everybody's doing all right because it's been a rough year for a couple of those guys. Yeah, it has. It's been a rough few years, and uh, we're still hanging in there, the four of us trying to plug away. Hunter Pence is with me uh, to do the Giants TV this week, so 
Uh, Hunter and I are going to be on the TV side and Hunter brings his own sort of yep. <laughs> level of uh, enthusiasm. And you're, you guys remember 2012. I mean, oh. the, legend of, the legend of Hunter Pence for Giants fans, and he is still like incredibly popular with Giants fans, was right here in this ballpark. And he gave that speech in the dugout. The Giants were down 0-2, had to win three in a row here. And Hunter's speech was, you know, the seeds were flying, he's spitting everywhere. And I don't want to go home and not see you guys tomorrow. All I want to do is have one more day with you guys or whatever he said. And from there, it's been a (laughs) – he and Giants fans have had a love affair since that day here. It really started in Cincinnati. We remember it well, jumping up and down in that dugout before game three, again before game four, then before game five, and that was all she wrote. Giants right off. Right off they – not, and I know you got to go, but uh, I just saw Dusty recently down in Houston, and I was chatting with Dusty about winning the World Series and, and whatnot. And it was I, I did not expect this from him. And he looked me right in the eye and goes, you guys hurt me in 2012. And this finally makes me feel better. I mean, he was saying it with a smile on his face, but I, that loss in that series, all the disappointments of Dusty's playoff career, and Dusty's been an incredible baseball guy, but – I, I was really not expecting him. He brought that series up specifically like, man, finally now I can forget about that. Well, it's interesting you say that because we had Bronson Arroyo on the show on Friday, just went into the Reds Hall of Fame uh, over the weekend. And, of course, he he beat Madison Bumgarner in game two, and, the, and then he doesn't pitch again the rest of the series after Cueto got hurt in game one. But, I mean, whether you talk to Arroyo, you mentioned Dusty, Scott Rowland, you talk to a lot of those guys. In Rowland's case, of course, he had already won World Series and, and done all that kind of thing. But, but each of them will, will tell you that, that, that those three days were three of the worst days of their careers that they just haven't been able to forget. I'm glad Dusty's been able to forget it. We had him on right after he won the World Series. And, and I think everybody in baseball was so excited for him. And I'm sure at the very top of the list were Giants fans. Oh, we, we we love Dusty, and it and it is true. Giants fans were really it's hard. The Astros don't have a lot of fans these days, you know, outside of Houston. But Giants fans were pulling for him in the World Series just because of Dusty. I think if you asked a lot of our players, our core players from those three World Championship teams, you would get the answer more than once of that Reds team of all the teams the Giants played was the best team. Uh, the that World Series opponent was the Tigers with Verlander and Scherzer and Cabrera and Prince Fielder. I mean, they they were just loaded with talent too. But the way those Reds played the Giants that week, I I, I think it was the toughest series that the Giants had to play in the whole run. David, we thank you for your time. We're so excited and happy for all your success. All the best to you and your family, and hopefully we'll get a chance to catch up sometime down the road. Thank you very much for your time. I hope so. Have me back again. It's great to see you and talk to you. All right, David, be well. Four-game series for Dave Fleming and the Giants. Hunter Pence, I didn't know he was doing games. I knew Kruko had told me he wasn't traveling anymore. He had, he had this very rare – gosh, I, I just wish I could put into words uh, what kind of guys Mike Kruko and Dwayne Kuyper are. They are just – gosh, phenomenal guys, and they've just had a really rough go of it, each of them. Uh, Kuyper lost his wife. I mean, suddenly. Um, then he gets diagnosed with cancer. Um, Kruko gets diagnosed four or five years ago with this rare disease, which has kept him from being able to walk much anymore. 
So he doesn't travel with a team. He never complains about it, never has one second. But uh, what, a, what a great group. And, and John Miller is one of uh, man. I might just call him and see if he wants to come on for 10 minutes just to do some impersonations. You heard him do Vin Scully and some of those guys? I have not. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Pull that up, Casey. Pull it, pu- punch in John, that's J-O-N Miller, impersonating Vin Scully. And he does a lot of guys, but it's so good. It was uh, great to have Dave. We got Paul Doherty coming up in about a half an hour from now. Jacob, I wanted to get to you. Um, wanted to get to you uh, about your thoughts for the weekend because I think you've been to more games than anyone in this room so far this year. I think. I would say, I would confidently say so. That was my seventeenth on okay. uh, Sunday. So. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I would have loved to win one. I think we all predicted that we were going to lose the series other than Casey. So I don't know that it was a super big surprise that we lost. The fact that we didn't score for the first two games and the first inning of the third game was certainly a surprise because the bats had been our strength the whole year. So I think the natural worry is when the pitching regresses again because with the current bodies we're walking out there, I don't think we can expect a 2.3 ERA to last much longer. If that pitching regresses again and the bats can't, get back to where they were before the All-Star break. We could be in for a really scary set of games here. Yep. I don't think that will be the case. I think no. we're going to bounce back. Um, it's young guys. You expected the slumps to come. It does hurt that they came against the Brewers. But like Paul said, we have three games left against the Brewers and 60-something against the rest of the league. So you can still win this division. Like It's not, nothing, nothing to freak out about, nothing to lose your mind over. Reinforcements are coming. I think we're going to be okay. Um. Look, the, the rest of this homestand all of a sudden now becomes even more uh, under the microscope, right? I mean, when you go 0-3 to start it, and you know who you still have to play. Just heard a little scouting report on the Giants. Outstanding pitching team. Outstanding pitching team. Um, the offense, eh, you know. And he's right about Conforto. I I always really liked Conforto when he played for the Mets. And for whatever reason, he would go into these slumps and just, I mean, guy can hit, man. Dude can hit. Um, And I'm looking forward to seeing their catcher and their center fielder. Sorry we're missing the second baseman. Um, But then the Diamondbacks come in behind them. Now, the Diamondbacks are not playing well. Uh, you know, we, we said, keep an eye on some of these teams. And we gave you four or five teams. Uh, and, and, and what they're going to do as far as buying or selling at the deadline is going to have a lot to do with how they play the next two to three weeks. The Mets have not gotten off to a good start post-break, right? Um, I didn't put Arizona in that mix. San Diego, another team, right? How are they going to do? What are they going to do? Some feel like they're going to go out and try to buy, 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 and get back in it. They are a pretty far down the trail behind people. Um, So all of these series, and you heard Davey, thinks the Giants are going to be a buyer. I only bring these kinds of things up because, you know, it's been talked about the Reds, apparently. All the stories are out there. Nick Crawl's been on the horn shopping for more starting pitching, Right. But how much competition will now there be to acquire starting pitching? If all of a sudden teams like the Giants, the Dodgers, 
Let's say the Mets all of a sudden win five, six, seven in a row, and they get within seven, eight games, right, of a wild card spot. They're not going to catch a Braves, but the wild card, you never know. Um, you go over the American League. Some believe that Tampa Bay is in buy mode. You know, after that great start, they've just been okay for quite a while now. They opened up such a huge lead. You know the Yankees are not going to throw it in, even, even though they are in last place, boys. Dead last. How about that? Orioles only one game back now of the Rays. There's another team. Orioles, your guys. Orioles. There's another team. Buy mode. So the more teams that are in buy mode creates more competition, right? Supply and demand. Price goes up. All right, Ham and Eggers, take it away. Mr. President, take it away. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Well, we talked about Joe Mixon, so we'll bring up the Bengals report, and it's brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. There's also Pony Water. We love Pony Water. Thank you to Sir Boy Wonder for buying a pack of Pony Water last week. Tweeted at us at the end of last week. Pony, I think the Pony guys are going to be at Chatterbox Reds night. I think. Hmm. I think they're going to be there. Or at least cool. one of them is going to be there. At least one of them. Hmm. It's made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. It uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world. You can visit their website at pontywater.com. That's P-A-H-H-N-I water.com. P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy it. Drink Pony Water, bet with Betfred, get your technology solutions from Encore, and get your coffee from UDF. Betfred, any thoughts on Betfred Sportsbook, Elliot? Yeah, it's the greatest sports book in the history of the world. I like the polo that you're wearing today. Thanks. You dressed I, up for us. I don't. We're all wearing polos today. That never happens. Why don't you, Jacob? Why don't you take a guess, Paul? Uh, I can't see. It's an elder polo. Oh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see that. I couldn't. I can't see that for me. And I'm wearing purple today, obviously. Mm. <laughs> purple Monday. Mm. My guy Jacob. It's he knows look. how to rap. It's a bad look. Just two elder guys sitting on this side <laughs> of the room. Casey, were you going to say something? Well, I was actually going to get into, because I don't think we'll probably talk much about it today, but Joe Mixon, man, that was a big-time, big-time move by him. Your what thoughts? a deal for the Bengals. I, I, I love it. I love it for the Bengals. I love it for Joe's legacy. Um, and it proved, it proved my point that he is considered a leader of that team, and he showed it over the weekend. I mean, big-time move by him. Uh, he'll be here for the next two years, more than likely. Um, heaven forbid that any, anything else happens outside of the game of football for him. But, um, man, I, I, I think he could possibly break the records that Corey has set. It's very possible now that he's got two years to do it. And uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm very, very happy for him for his legacy um, 
Legacy talk. Happy for the Bengals. We were all trying to find an avenue for Joe Mixon to make sense as the running back for this year, and now he's kind of locked in for the next two. I think that's yeah. great news for the Bengals and gives them a little bit more flexibility when we talk about these contract extensions coming up. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, uh, we all knew this was coming. Um, and, and I'm just checking something here that made me think, Casey, what you just said. Uh, all-time rushing leaders, where we know that uh, Corey Dillon is all-time number one, right? For the Bengals. Yes. Yeah. Joe Mixon, uh, let's see. He is um, yeah, he's a little less than uh, 2,700 yards shy. So it would, it would, it's going to take him more than two years has, to do that. Yeah, he has to stay healthy, and he would have to have two phenomenal seasons back-to-back. -back. But, but uh, I think the total yards for the Bengals, I think he would be very close if to number one. If he stays on, on his current pace for total yards after the second season, he would break that record. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Big deal. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. I almost argue that that total yard stat is more indicative of a running back in today's game than yep. just rushing yards because – I mean, back even just 10 years ago, running backs weren't catching the ball like they are today. Those yards make up such a big difference in their game. No doubt about it. And, uh, and, and look, Mixon, you know, he'll quote-unquote take the ball. He had a concussion last year, missed a couple games. Uh, but he's been a heck of a player here. A uh, very underrated player throughout the league, I think. Um, and, and by and large, he was a model citizen until just this past offseason. And now all of a sudden, you know, a couple of things come up. Um, it certainly put him in a spot where he had zero leverage, if he wanted to stay here anyway, of reworking his deal. But is this now the first kind of, for lack of a better term, is this the first domino to fall in what will now be business decisions that the Bengals have to make? So they, they've gotten this thing done with him. I don't know why people keep keep putting Logan Wilson in, in, in this conversation. I hear a lot of people talk about that. I, I don't get it. Guy's a good player, but he ain't getting a long-term oh. deal for me. He's I, not at all. I would heavily disagree with Okay, that. so be it. I, I think he, outside of Jesse Bates, who we obviously lost, I think he's the most crucial piece of the defense, retention-wise. Keeping Jermaine Pratt's great, but Logan Wilson's what makes that defense go. He's one of the best past defending linebackers in the whole league. He is. Four interceptions last year. He is. He, I mean, there was a uh, ghost holding call in the Super Bowl. He makes a great play on Cooper Cup to win the game. I, I think Logan Wilson is, is right there, number three behind Joe Burrow and T. Higgins on most important long-term extensions. Well, I, I think you're spot on there uh, as far as, yeah, in that order. There's no doubt. I'd agree 100%. But when I start looking at, at them being another year out potentially on a chase deal – Right? And being a year, I mean, look, Logan Wilson's a nice player. I, I think the way this game is right now, the, the, the sport of football, I just, I'm not paying a linebacker a gazillion dollars to play. I mean, that's just me. And some might look at me and say, you're crazy. I mean, we're not talking about Luke Keekley here. We're not talking about Chris Spielman here. We're not talking about some linebacker that comes off the edge and picks up 8, 10, 12, 14 sacks. He is a three-down player. There's no question about that, and those guys are rare in this day and age. But anyway, the point I was making is that, you know, Burrow is the one everybody's focused on, clearly. 
When all of a sudden is that Burrow thing not getting a contract? I'm not going to say it's going to put worry in your mind because they don't have to do it now. They can do it in a year from now. Correct. Right? Yeah. No big deal. It's not the end of the world if they don't get it done. But I think a lot of people would be very disappointed if the Bengals did not have Burrow locked up before the season starts this year. Is that fair, Elliot? Yeah, I think that's fair. I, 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 was, I was the first one to say it. I, I, well, not the first one, but I was one of the first ones. I'd like to think that Joe Burrow, you need to pay him immediately, immediately before the value just goes up on these contracts. So um, I think as soon as we get that done, the better. If, if they do not sign Joe Burrow until maybe the end of the season or uh, whenever that will be, I would start to worry. As, as close to crunch time as we get, I start to worry. Gentlemen? I mean, I think I think we're gonna get a deal done with Burrow. I don't. The more and more we wait, I'm not. I'm not concerned if we don't get it done this off season. Honestly, I'm not. Uh, Bengals will will make sure that they sign him to whatever long term deal that he wants. Right? Like he he's got, in my opinion, all the leverage in the world. No doubt. He can wait as long as he wants. He can wait for all the other quarterbacks to sign a deal and take top dollar when. All the quarterbacks are already signed. Do the Bengals have one ounce of leverage against Joe Burrow? No. No. <laughs> no. Not no. one. Heck no. no. The answer to that is no. no. My worry on the Burrow contract doesn't start until week one of next season. If we don't get it done before next, because we have this year, we have next year, we have the year after as well. Yeah. So if we don't get it done before the offseason, before his fifth-year extension, that's when I get worried. I think everything now, getting it signed before this year, would just be icing on the cake. It would be very nice it gives you a much better chance of getting T. Higgins done, Logan yep. Wilson done, stuff like that. I do have worries about T. Higgins if we don't get Burrow done this offseason, but I'm not worried about Burrow until next. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, the sooner we sign him, the more likely it is that we can keep Higgins and Logan Wilson, which I do hope that we can. Um, the fact that we got Pratt for such a cheap deal really right. helps with that. You know, it's not like you're paying a – uh, an amazing amount of money in a year at the linebacker position now. Cause at first we were worried that, you know, we're going to lose Pratt because we're going to sign Wilson because they're both going to want top dollar. Now that that's not the case, maybe we can keep both. Um, and I, I, I certainly hope that we can, but like you said, Tom, um, Burroughs deals first, then T then Wilson. Um, and we'll worry about it in that order until further notice. Well, the one thing getting Burrow done clearly allows you to do is to now have a full you know, packet of information on what you're going to be able to do with everybody else. And I think a lot of people feel like Burrow's camp, and would be wise to do so, Burrow's camp is kind of waiting around for Justin Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. Because can you imagine... I mean, Herbert's uber-talented guy. But compared to what Burrow has done for his team, is not in the same galaxy. Herbert's never won a playoff game. He just got to the playoffs last year. Would they lead that game 30-3 to or something at halftime? Correct. And he can't even get them two or three first downs that would have won the game and they lose to the Jags? Yes. I mean, I know that's not all on him, but I mean, it's a big part of it on him. Um... But can you imagine if Burrow signs a deal and all of a sudden Herbert gets more money than him? 
So I think the Burrow camp is waiting around. I think they want to see what Herbert gets. You know what the other big guys are already making. There are no other big guys out there yet that are going to sign a new deal. Mahomes has signed his deal. Hertz has signed his deal. Um, Josh Allen has signed his deal. So Herbert's the only big guy left along with Burrow. So if you get him signed, then you know exactly what it is you can or can't do with everybody else. Because, you know, the, 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 look, when you look at this Bengals team and you start looking at Hilton and Awuzie, okay, you've got cornerbacks. Now, I know you drafted some. You brought in some young secondary players. But you've got to replace those guys. And I would make the argument after quarterback that cornerback might be the, the, the next most important position in the NFL these days. Maybe an edge rusher ahead of that. But you're not going to beat anybody if you don't have good cornerbacks. You don't have to have the one big star because the Bengals did not have that big star. But they're going to have to replace Hilton and Awuzie. they got to figure out what they're going to do with Tyler Boyd. What are they going to do with DJ Reader? What are they going to do with um, T. Higgins? They've got T. Higgins where they could tag him this year and again next year. So this isn't super urgent stuff, but it would certainly give you a playbook for what you can and can't do uh, moving forward. All right. Um, Steve Ross says Hilton signed through 2024. I understand that, but so too is Joe Mixon. They're going to redo all these deals. All of them, right? You're going to go to every guy you got that's got any age to him because that's what's going on around the NFL. Every guy that's got any age to him, you're going to say, hey, look, we need you to renegotiate this deal just like they did with Joe Mixon. All right, let's get back really quickly to the Reds because we're going to talk about that with Paul Doherty. I asked you guys the question, how would the Reds fare against the Brew Crew? I think all of us said they'd lose two out of three except for me. You said they'd win two out of three. Yeah. Okay. What about the Gigantes? Probably they'll win three out of four. That's just how it goes <laughs> with this team. That's just how it goes with this team. It is true. They usually meet a losing streak before they meet a winning I, streak. I mean, it's – yeah, that's your stat, Elliot. That is my stat. That's your stat, TM. It, it seems as <laughs> – whenever the Reds get hot, they do, they do meet it with uh, an equally cold streak. Uh, I do think the Reds split this series. I don't think they win it. I think, they, I think we get out of here with a split. Yeah, I agree with Elliot. Um, I think we lose to Webb tonight, sadly. I mean, he's one of the best pitchers in the league. I think we lose to Cobb on Thursday and then win the middle two. So that's two and two. We've got a whisper party going on over there. I don't like it. Doesn't look good over there. <laughs> I don't like what's going good on over there, there at all. I mean, you guys are whispering down underneath the table. Well, Brian B. made a, made a comment in the chat that I was trying to figure out. Did you debut that intro last Monday? I was just when, getting ready when, to bring oh, up no. that. When, when did we debut that? <laughs> yeah, was it Monday. last Monday? Well, it was, it, was during the, it was during the All-Star break. Oh. oh, no. Well, we'll see. We'll get so the it. comment made some of you wondering, what are you talking about? Um, 
Ever since, Casey, you put together the new opening of the show, the Reds have scored three runs in three games and lost all three. It's all right. Jinxes don't exist. It's not on you, Casey. You worked hard on that. It's a good intro. Elliot and, Jake, someone... Elliot and Jacob joined this show, and all of a sudden the Reds were the best team in baseball. Coincidence? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm a that's, big That's the believer. better positive. That's the spin zone, Casey. Don't worry about it. I'm a big believer in jinxes, though. It's all right. They jinxes don't exist. Are real. Jinxes, jinxes are, are real. Jinxes are the most real thing in sports. No, they just don't exist. They do. They, they don't. They do. Tom, what are your thoughts? Do jinxes exist? They do. Yeah, baby. Thank you, Tom. There's no doubt about it. But, see, Casey, if I were you, and, and Casey, this is, this is a little teaching Casey moment here, okay? Okay. When someone brings that up like Brian, and then Paul touched on it, and then I laid it out there, <coughs> your first comeback should have been, hey, I was thinking about getting the Reds pitching turned around when I made that thing. Because that's what they needed the most when I put this together. Terrible starting pitching. And that's what you were thinking when you put it together. And, look and then we'd all be like, hey, you're on it, Case. Mm, yeah. Maybe that's what I was thinking, Tom. Maybe. Well, why in the hell am I bringing it up instead of you? <laughs> I don't know. Casey, you seem a little quiet today, man. Everything good? Yeah. All right? Yeah. I was just checking too. in. You seem a little quiet. Yeah. All right. I don't, I don't feel like I've been that quiet. Okay. All right. You're fired up about Joe Mixon. Hmm? Fired up about Joe Mixon. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, what, what gets me bummed is just I really thought the Reds would do something that it's that right. would show that they're different, right? Like, I'm, wait, I'm waiting for that moment to where we're like, yeah, this team is 100% different than past Reds, right? That, that's the moment I'm waiting for. Because I remember that moment with the Bengals and just being like, yeah, this team is going to – now, that was a lot later into the season. Yeah. I just thought that it would be – Right now, because everyone told me they're gonna they're gonna lose one two out of the three games. They're gonna lose. They're gonna maybe even get swept. It's not gonna be a big deal because they're gonna win three out of the four against the Giants. But in my mind, and I hate doing this because I I'm new to baseball, right? And people have been saying that the bats come and go. That's what I keep seeing. The bats come and go. But man, when you lose your best asset to your team. It, it shakes your faith a little bit. It does. When you, when you lose your offense like it has been, when, when your bats have not been good. Yeah. Ben Lively on another loss to the Brewers. It fired us up for next time. We're not going to let it happen again, for sure. We'll check in next Wednesday, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love athletes and coaches giving just, oh, like, yeah. the most easy, like, fake responses to anything like that that what does that mean what does that mean we're not gonna let a you just lost five or six to the brewers to lose the division lead and we're talking about next time yeah come on guys he's he's fired it's up. a week away next time but he couldn't pitch because he was cramping i will say the brewers schedule coming up is brutal so they go phillies braves us braves again so that is there is some hope that the reds take back the, this division uh, within the next week and a half or so. We all know what the Braves are, but the Phillies might be playing some of the best baseball in the yep. whole league right now. Yep. That's, that's so not so, an easy stretch. And, and, and I think Paul said it, one, one of you guys over there said it earlier, the, the Brewers have struggled against teams that are not the Reds. So yeah. I, I think I think we're okay. We're okay. Let's, let's win a couple games against the Giants here. Get us back on track. By the way, Devin Williams, I wanted to mention this. 
Tom, Devin Williams against the Reds. That career, dude is good, man. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He's good. Devin Williams against the Reds. He's played the Reds 28 times. He has given up five earned runs and has struck out the Reds 54 times. That's a whip of 0.7 and an ERA of 1.6 against Cincinnati. Just an app. He just shuts the Reds down every single time they play. Every single time. The dude is really good. And his stuff, when you watch it on TV, is just insane. I yeah. can't imagine what it's like to stand in the box. I mean, his stuff. He's not the hardest thrower in the world. But, but I tell you, the guy, and fellas, you'll remember, I said this on the show three weeks ago. With all of the overuse of the Reds' bullpen, when is it finally going to catch up? And I suggested to you guys two weeks ago to keep an eye on Alexis Diaz, okay? And just to reiterate now, okay, in 11 games in April, one game, he allowed a run. In the month of May, he pitches in 10 games. One game, he allowed a run. In the month of June, this dude pitches 14 games. 14 of them. And he allowed runs in four of them. Here we are in July. Now, he wasn't charged with the tie-breaking run yesterday, but he gave up the hit, which allowed the tie-breaking run. Okay, so it wasn't charged to him. But they brought him in the game, and it goes to show you how important David Bell was looking at this saying, I got to bring him in right now in the eighth inning. And I'm going to ask him for a four-out save. Or in this case, they were still tied. Maybe get a win. Gives up a base hit. Brewers go up 4-3. End of story. So far in July, and I'm going to include the All-Star game on this. He's given up runs in three of his six appearances. And that doesn't count the game yesterday. So all of a sudden, are we starting to see some cracks with Alexis Diaz? Are you concerned, Elliot? Well, yesterday, I, I, I would say a lot of that was on TJ Friedel. Yeah, res respectfully. true. I, I true. think TJ Friedel having the, having the missed cutoff was one of the worst plays, fundamentally, you can see a major leaguer make. And that was a large part of it. I don't think, I don't think Diaz is, is wearing down yet. But to your point, Tom, it's going to happen if this continues. If you're continuing to hope for four-out saves, stuff like that, I do think it will eventually come. But right now, I, think, I still think the Reds are okay. I think the Reds are all right. Diaz, again, I, 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 I will say he has looked a little shaky the past several outings. Uh, he has been giving up base runners. So... I don't know. I don't know if it's him wearing down. I don't know what it is, but I do think the wearing down will happen if this keeps up. Tom, I wanted to ask you, I mean, I know I agree with a lot of people in the chat saying that they don't like using Diaz in non-save situations. What is your opinion on that? I have no problem with it whatsoever. I, I think that in this case, I agree with David Bell. Sunday's game felt like a game you needed to win. Yep. Is it the end of the world if you don't? No, it's not. But... I've gotten on him before where you get into this whole thing where he's been off a couple of days and you just want to get him a little work, like in a blowout game on a Saturday. I think it happened a couple weeks ago. And you bring him in, 
And inevitably, whenever you see closers come in in a non-safe situation, they tend to struggle. And he throws 27, 28, 29 pitches. And then all of a sudden, the next day, you need him to come in and close it out. And he's unavailable because he threw too many pitches the day before. I think there are games, and David Bell's forgotten more about this stuff than I have, but there are games when you look at as a manager that just from your team standpoint, uh, and there have been managers in the past, Bruce Bochy for a number of years uh, with Trevor Hoffman. He would not bring him in. He got to a point where he wasn't going to bring him in anymore unless it was a save situation after having done so over the course of a, a two- or three-year run. So I just I think that David felt like they needed to win a game. Diaz comes in, gets a final out of the inning. They're going to come to bat in the bottom of the eighth. He's going to pitch the top of the ninth. They're going to bat again in the bottom of the ninth and find a way to win a game. I don't have a problem with you. No, I, I don't. I think people use pitching Diaz in the tied, tied game in the eighth inning against the Brewers the same way as pitching Diaz in a 10-run blowout to just get him work, and it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Using him in a high-leverage situation where you need to win the game, he's your best reliever. That's when you use your best reliever. So I, I don't have any problem with it, but like you said, I do have a problem with the getting him work and blowout, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, that, 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 it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough decision um, for managers when it comes to this particular issue. And generally, with younger guys, you're more apt to do it. Diaz is a younger guy than you would the established guy that's been around forever, like a Trevor Hoffman or somebody else, Craig Kimbrell in this day and age, somebody like that. Uh, but the Reds felt like they needed this game. Uh, and, and, and Kansas City Royal says, uh, John India says, it was the bench coach, not Bell. Trust me, it was Bell. Yep. Trust me. One of the bigger stories um, from the series, too, Tom, the umpire. I think the umpiring right now is at a point in the MLB where it's the worst. It, it's it's truly the worst it's ever been, and I don't know if that's because that we can see the box. I don't know if that's ruining it, but it seems like every single time the Reds are playing right now, the the zone just doesn't make sense. I don't know what a strike yeah. is. I don't know what a ball is. I mean, I I hate the idea of automatic balls and strikes more than anyone because you know that. Catcher framing, you know, yeah. chasing pitches, that's such a big part of the game. And, and balls and strikes being automated takes away so much of the human element that makes baseball what it is. It's getting to a point where it might be so bad that we don't have a choice. I mean, these pitches are getting so fast. The rotation and, the, you know, the movement is getting so much. Yep. You wonder if it's not even just a, a, our umpires good enough at their job. It's can, can the human eye really call this game at a, at a level where we need it to be anymore? I don't know. We might be getting close to that point. Well, my understanding was it was bad for both teams. Correct. It was I, bad. I, I heard it I mean. said uh, yesterday that, that in the very first inning that some of the calls on the Brewers hitters were just insane. That's that, what I mean, They absolutely were. But I, I still think it, it, it dampens the, the spirit. It dampens what's, what you're seeing on the field. Um, Opposed to if we had an, autom an automated system where you know whether or not this is a ball or a strike. And I think it, it takes away the competitive nature of the game when a, a pitch four inches out of the zone is getting called for a strike. Now, I think a, a near-perfect middle ground that they're testing out in the minor leagues yeah. is, that, is that challenge. Yep. And they've gotten it to a point where that review takes a matter of seconds, yep. le less than five seconds. And most of the time, and the guy's walking down to first or walking back to the dugout, I love that because that still gives you the – you know, the missed call, the yep. framing, stuff yep. like that. So I think that's a great middle ground. 
Yeah, uh, they, they do allow that in, in, in some uh, levels of the minor leagues where you, you think a guy made the wrong call on a balls and strikes uh, pitch. Uh, you can look at it. Boom, there it is. They make the decision. Game goes on. Is that next in uh, Major League Baseball? Would you put a limit on how many times you can do that? Or do you make it one of those where if you challenge it, kind of like they do in football, well, baseball too, where if you challenge it, you get to keep it if you win. You lose it if you don't, right? I like that. Yeah. It rewards the players for making a correct, you know, rewards them for having a good eye. I like that. Swaggy Play says he's ready for robo players. <laughs> That'd be pretty electric. I've, I've, been, I've been still wanting aluminum bats in the MLB, Tom. Oh, boy. Could you imagine someone? You'd have people killed. <laughs> well, that's not They'd funny. But it's, that at some point, we have to do a home run derby with aluminum bats in the major leagues. I like that, love that. That has to happen at some point. Some, and it might not be regulated by Major League Baseball. Like, it might be something that Red Bull does for fun. or yeah. in the you know, off season or Some random YouTuber gets a bunch of guys that he knows. You know, like maybe John Boy gets a bunch of dudes together and, and you know – do they go to yeah, a stadium would, and do it? Yeah, maybe. Well, you see, they're thinking about this senior home run derby, and Ken Griffey Jr. says he's all in. No, I didn't yeah. see that. That was a big story in the athletic awesome. today. I do. I, I watch that. You get some of the old guys out there one more time. All awesome. of them, thirty pounds overweight, and standing there <laughs> with their boiler hanging out, swinging like softball players. All right, so Tom, for that, who are the? You know how they have the little kids running around in the in the outfield. <laughs> who fields those balls? Who sh- who should we get to field those those? Uh, for the old timers, yeah. It should be the we same get kids. all we yeah. get senior citizens yeah. out. There. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good one. In San Francisco, uh, at at their ballpark, forever, they they're unique. I don't know if they're still doing it or not, but they called them bald dudes and bald dudettes. Right? Mm-hmm. And they were all senior citizens. And I'm telling you, it was awesome. They'd be down there and some 65-year-old guy. And look, they're not going to try to catch some line drive into foul. You know, they get the hell out of the way. But, I mean, some of the greatest stuff that you could replay during an otherwise very boring game were those guys chasing after a yeah. ball down the right field line, grandma out there. <laughs> it was great. They would be the guys, to answer your question, for the home run derby. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I think another another uh, another group of people would be some drunk college kids. What did you? That put, would not that end. That should well. be who does the normal one. Yeah. I, I think that. Well, Tom, is it is it any less safe than having children? These children are fielding missiles out you there. Can, you they can root well, for the trying to field them. My kids were the out there for the one in Cincinnati. Really? Yeah. You're right. I'm just saying, it's, it's more dangerous to have kids, at least the drunk college kids. They, they know what they signed up for. You, you don't feel bad when a 23-year-old takes a ball off the face. No. You feel bad when it's a little kid. One kid took one off the dome. I know. Yeah, a kid did take one off the dome. All right. Let's get to Paul Dockerty. Is he <laughs> in the house? He is. He's right. He's bordering on senior citizen. He's not quite there yet, although he is kind of semi Retired. Doc, we were talking, I don't know if you saw the story, but Ken Griffey Jr. said that he would be interested in, in being a part of during the All-Star game, uh, you know, sort of uh, activities of having four guys, old timers come back and participate in a home run derby. And we were saying instead of little kids running around in the outfield, would you like to run around in the outfield? 
to get the balls. Would you be in for that? Nah. Nah, not on your life, Tom. A man's got to know his limitations, right? That's an old Clint Eastwood line from Dirty Harry. That it is. Very good. That's right. That's exactly right. So how's everything out at the golf course? You've been very, you've been hard at work. A couple of times you had to work when we wanted to have you on the show. How's the golf season and your gig going so far midway through the summer? I'm all, I got I got a raise this year, man. I got a ten percent raise. I'm making eleven bucks an hour now. Hey, ten percent raise. You never argue with that. Ne- never, and, and uh, I'm learning all kinds of things about about uh, cart barn management. You know, you, you can't get these kind of lessons just anywhere, brother. This is. Uh, this is an awakening for me. It's a, a second career, you know? I, I think I could really be good at this if I keep working at it, keep my nose to the grindstone. Well, and I know you will because that's who you are and that's what you're all about. Um, <clears throat> let me ask you about the Reds. I asked the question in the monologue, was this a loss L-O-S-S weekend or a lost L-O-S-T weekend meaning is this the beginning of the end right as people like to do what are your thoughts we know it was a lost weekend they didn't win a game but what about lost weekend nah you know i wrote this for for uh the morning line today this is going to test your sophistication as a baseball fan if you think that this is the beginning of the end and you knew this was going to happen all along and you know, now they can't compete in the whole 12-game winning streak and all the fun they had was a mirage. If that's how you feel, you need you need to find your sophistication as a fan. I, I it, it was a three-game series when they didn't hit. You know, uh, slumps are inevitable. I don't care who you are, and, and they're in one collective. Uh, you look at some of the some of the numbers for these guys: uh, Steer being one, India. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz, even Matt McClain until yesterday. I mean, there it's it's ugly. Four for thirty, two for twenty-nine. De La Cruz has has one walk since June thirteenth, which means he's he's not being as selective as, uh, as he could. Given that, I think a lot of these guys are, are, if not pitching around him, at least not trying to give him anything great to hit. And he still only has one walk. But I mean, these are slumps. Guys slump. It's going to happen. I, I don't think Milwaukee's all that great. They happen to hit the Reds at, at the right time. And I've said this forever, especially about the NFL. It's not necessarily, or not always who, who you're playing. It's when you play them. The Reds, um, since I, I forget, I think since like June 7th, right, they played the Royals, the Cardinals, uh, the Nationals, and the Rockies, which happened before the five worst teams winning percentage-wise in baseball, right? They all, all also, all four of those teams came into those series with the Reds playing poorly. That's a great combination if you're the Reds, and they won 12 out of those 13 games. Um, now they're playing teams that are decent, and certainly as good as they are, and, and we'll see. I think the important thing for them is if they can, if they're physically capable, just to keep grinding. I mean, they think... They think that they've grinded so far, you know, take a look at the next couple of months. Um, and, and that's what's important. Now, whether physically they're able to do it, I don't know. Jonathan India looks tired to me. 
You know, he started 92 of their first 94 games, and he's played in every single one of them. Um, I don't know if he's slumping. He's a little bit gassed. They've got lots of important players who've never been through anything like this. I and mean, really, when you think about it, Joey Votto's the only guy in a whole team. Does that mean Doc's getting a phone call? Uh, I don't probably, know. He's probably getting a phone call. I bet he, maybe maybe his phone died. Or I don't his, know. Or his phone died. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll see if we can pick him back up here in a second. Uh, but you know, look, he's 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 spot on, and and, and he's a guy. would maybe the first to say it, but he used to write about it all the time, uh, calling it the big one. Doc, pick pick up where where we lost you there for a second about some of these players in India uh, looking like they're tired. Yeah, I, I just then we don't have any any track record for most of this team. Joey Votto's the only guy who's who's been through a, a pennant race on this roster. Um, we don't know how they're going to react, and, and and they've been grinding so far to their credit. Can they keep it up? Uh, can they mentally and physically keep? Call me. Can they mentally and physically keep playing the way that they've been so far? That that's the challenge. Right? Slumps are going to happen. It's a fact that baseball life always has been, always will be. Uh, can, can they keep mentally at it? Well, part of that grinding is not only the fact, I mean, you just pointed it out where, you know, Votto's really the only one that's been through something like this as far as a pennant race. But right. he's also the only one, because Friedel hasn't. Steer clearly never has. Um, uh, Encarnacion Strand now coming up. We'll get to him in a minute. De La Cruz, McLean. India, uh, it's been two years for him. Uh, meaning playing 162 game schedule, as you call it, the big 162. I mean, down in the minor leagues, you're used to playing 120 something, 130 something. That's a huge difference, and and I wonder um, if you know we brought this up recently, Doc, about if you're David Bell, do you manage your team differently when you're in a pennant race than you do if you're 10 or 15 games? Um, out of first and, and you're out of any kind of playoff contention. Um, he might be forced to start sitting some of these guys from time to time. I agree. And not, not only the everyday guys, but the relief pitchers. I mean, my goodness, every time I have the game on, Ian Jabot is in it. I mean, the, the guys there more than the, than the beer vendors, right? And I, how I, they've got, I think they have, Four relievers, at least, each of each of whom has been in more than 40 games. Yep. Already. Um, I don't know that you can keep that pace up. I mean, Diaz already is, um, and I don't know if it's fatigue or what, but Alexis Diaz lately has not been the, the guy that, that, that they've been counting on all year. And, and part of it may be fatigue. I don't know. It's not just the times they're in the games, Tom. It's the times they warm up. People don't think about that. But these guys might not even get into games, but they're out there. They're out there warming up. They're still throwing. So um, I don't know. I mean, they use what? What do they? How many relievers did they use yesterday? Four, five. Yeah, I mean, you got a starter, and, and, and you know, look. I, I mean, I share with these guys off the air, and, and I'm not going to sit here and, and, and beat up, you know, somebody because the heat got to them. But 
you know, I, I remember I used to I, – I, I was in the booth with Chris Spielman, former great Ohio State linebacker, NFL linebacker. But if you were to pick one thing that used to make – send him completely into a different stratosphere is when you would see players leaving games for cramps. And his old adage was, arms out, needles in. If you know it's a hot day, well – whether you're coming in between innings or whether it's before the game. You have all of that in front of you to have all of these electrolytes and all those kinds of things. Go. So I'm not going to make a big deal out of it, but, but there are guys that I respect very much, Spielman being at the very top of the list, where he says there are a lot of things that can happen to a guy. Cramping ain't one of them. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you, but I also would say I think it is a big deal. I mean, you had a guy pitching well in an important game, and, and and the only thing you really have to do to not cramp up is to drink water. Seriously. I mean, don't go pounding coffee in the morning. Don't go out carousing the night before. I'm not saying Ben Lively did that. I have no idea what he did last night. But take care of yourself and understand that it's a hot day and you're out there on the mound. Mix in some water. You know, I, I don't think that that's very hard. And, and pitching is not exactly like playing middle linebacker in the heat. I mean, it's pitching. Um, I just think you got to be smart with that. I mean, we're making big assumptions. And maybe, maybe Ben Lively drank a gallon of water bef before the top of the first inning. You know, I, I have no idea. But cramping up, you're right, is it, not something that should happen to a to a pro athlete uh, in a situation like that, a baseball game. Um, I want to shift gears to uh, the Joe Mixon thing here for a second. Uh, many believe this will be the first kind of quote-unquote domino to fall, if you will, to start this whole sort of series of decisions that the Bengals have to make. Um, look, you know, based on the off-the-field stuff, Mixon had zero leverage on this thing. But, you know, if we're going to beat up guys for always chasing the dollar, and the easiest thing in the world would be, well, where else is he going to go, right? We, I think we've heard that line somewhere before. But, but Mixon, <laughs> I mean, he did come out and say, you know, that he wants to play his entire career in Cincinnati. He wants to win a Super Bowl with this team. And, and I think if you're a Bengals fan, you, you ought to feel good about that because I think the guy's still a good player. Um, yeah, I, I, I will say, though, uh, his options are limited. Yeah. Every running back's options these days are limited. I mean, Dalvin, Minnesota let go Dalvin Cook. He's a free agent. He's a top five or six running back. I mean, he's really good. You know, the, the kid in New York is going to hold out probably. Saquon Barkley, uh, Josh Jacobs, same way. Uh, no, nobody's out there beating the bushes for running backs. And, and Mixon is going to be in his seventh year. That That's ancient for a guy that has taken the number of hits that Joe Mixon has taken. Um, he's gotten better as, as a receiver. I'll give him that. Uh, he, he was averaging 3.9 yards per carry last year. That's not very great. And he's not a great blocker. So I'm going to disagree with you, Tom. I, I think that his options w were limited, and he and his agent – probably saw that writing pretty clearly on that wall and said let's let's go with what we know what we're comfortable with and oh by the way a team that's pretty damn good and, and could get me a ring all right fair enough um 
we move now, though, and it seems th- th- this conversation is going on and on and on and on. They're in no hurry where they're up against some sort of deadline to get it done. They can wait until next year. In fact, I think they can wait till the year after that. But how important just from a psyche standpoint, I'm going to ask you to go a little, a little Freudian here. How, how, how important do you think it is that the Bengals get this Burrow contract done before this year? I, I think it's pretty important only because he doesn't want to talk about it. I wouldn't want to talk about it either. He doesn't want to go into a training camp and maybe into a season being asked, well, what about your contract? Um, yeah, get it done. It's not as if the parameters aren't already there. They've been set pretty clearly by a couple of other clubs as to what the going rate for a guy like Joe Burrow is. Everybody knows the Bengals are going to sign him. Uh, I can't imagine a circumstance in which they wouldn't. So just just get it done. You know, I, I again, don't leave that out there for him to have to deal with. And, and the window for this club is, is not getting wider. You know, every year that he uh, gets older and, and has another year in the league and T. Higgins the same way and whoever else you want to talk about, um, they're not going to be able to keep this crew around forever so make it right now and the time is right and the opportunity is there for great things and you don't want your quarterback having to answer the same damn question over and over again so yeah get it done i think it's pretty important fair enough doc uh as always we thank you for your time and your perspective uh back to the grindstone later today or or you got the day off today course shut down on monday I'm off today. I don't work until uh, this week. I don't even work till Saturday. Good. So I'm Lord, good. Where do I sign up for that gig? 10% raise and <laughs> don't work till Saturday. You too can make $11 an hour. I, I actually need it. I don't think you do. So, uh, Doc, <laughs> be well, my friend. Have a great rest of your day and the rest of your week. Appreciate the time as always. All right, Tom, thank you. All right, buddy. Paul Doherty, kind enough to join us, as always. Legendary. Uh, Retired. Semi-retired. He's retired with Cincinnati.com and with the Cincinnati Inquirer, but still going strong. Uh, The morning line. He's got all kinds of gigs going on. Elliot, what is all of this stuff about you uh, (laughs) getting fired, you being replaced? Could you give me the very genesis of this very hot topic inside well, the chat today. Well, yeah, yeah. Topic number one is none of them spell my name right, except for Mouse. Mouse is the only one. And Mark, there's a couple guys that spell my name right. The other guys don't spell my name right, Tom, and it gets frustrating. The other thing, the other is that thing why is, you type in capital letters? Because they, <laughs> yeah, just so they know, just so they know. And the other thing is. Sometimes Reed likes to have private meetings with some of the employees here at Chatterbox. He does. Yeah, he does. And every time he does that, it scares me. Because I think I'm going to get fired every single time he calls one of these private meetings. So Reed called a private meeting in here, and everybody was saying I'm going to get fired for it. So I don't know. Is today my last day? Is there anything that you can think of? Now, see, it's interesting because I was listening to this this, uh, sermon earlier today, driving in a car. But it talked about expectations and how we create these kinds of things in our mind, right? Okay. 
So is there anything that would make you think that you could possibly be fired for? Mm. Uh, I believe you owe us a wet. I haven't seen you wet yet. Yeah, I, I haven't. haven't I you wet. have not been wet in a long oh, he time. He did not own that, own up to that. He's, well, so no, I, so he's been a Brenneman, dry boy. By the wait, way, wait, he's wait, been wait. a dry boy for a while. Luke Brenneman is coming in here Wednesday. So, okay, so, so then, we're going to let him do it. So then oh, he'll, he'll get us wet then. I couldn't do it Friday because I had to help clean up some of the stuff in the basement. So all my all my friends here, Paul I think left, Jacob and Casey were down cleaning the basement. So there was nobody that there was nobody to dump water on me. Tom, I'm not going to ask you to come in at four o'clock on a on a Friday to dump water on my head. I'm not. I, I respect you too much, Tom. And look at Casey, double hat. <laughs> now see, that's a reason to maybe get fired. <laughs> what do you mean? I gotta wear. I gotta wear it. Why? Because we gotta get fired up somehow, Tom. Got to get fired up somehow. I'm going to wear my Viking helmet and pride as we go and uh, win this series. That look has to be bad luck. No, it's not bad luck. It's always brought me good fortune. Always brought me good fortune. Uh, it, it was asked in the chat. I'm going to get to this in a second. Uh, Blackmore1964 says, where is Luke? Uh, Luke is at home right now. Or maybe he's at work. <laughs> but he's coming in uh, blue-collar Brenny. Blue-collar Brenny. Uh, he uh, will be uh, – I, I brought this up before. Um, when I was doing a, 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 a different podcast, audio only, and, I mean, I had Bob Costas on there, Troy Aikman on there, Joe Buck on there. I mean, you know, a bunch of guys. The most listened to one we ever had was the one I did with my daughter after her high school graduation. So Luke just graduated from high school a month ago. So we're going to bring him in for our big interview on Wednesday. So he will be here on Wednesday, Elliot. That will be the day. Okay. Because you lost the bet to him for those who weren't around. I lost the bet. All-star game bet. Yeah. I I said uh, Zach Allen would not give – or I said Zach Allen would give up a run. He said he would not. I lost. I have to get wet. So you're going to be wet on Wednesday. Wet Wednesdays. A wet Wednesday. Wednesday. That's tough. There's is anybody that loves more? Yeah, seriously. Is anybody prepared? <laughs> what if we're on the jumbotron tonight? What should the reaction be? What should we do for if we're? Well, all I on think the it all depends on whose face they're putting up there. Okay. So what if it's my face? I think it gets thunderous applause. Okay. I think we got to have a bucket of water ready just in case. <laughs> Elliot gets <laughs> what about Casey in his double hat? Mm. Mass booze. I Mass think he gets booze. booze. I don't. I, I don't think booze. he gets booed. I think if he's got the Viking helmet on, I, I think he gets. I think they cheer for you. Tom, are you he, bringing that to the game tonight? Are you allowed to bring yeah. that in? Yeah, I'm gonna bring this. Uh, I can't remember who who in this chat is going as well. We gotta lose a Reds lid underneath it though. Correct. It's a one hat game. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fine, y'all don't like the Tom. Right. That's cheers. Tom, if they put you on the jumbotron, would you put on that hat? No. <laughs> no. You would not don the Viking helmet? No. I think, I'm curious. Do you guys think that that Viking thing has gotten tired? I don't hate it. No. I don't no. think so. I'm not a huge fan they of They can't do it next season, though. Like, it's a one-season deal. You do it this season, you call it a day, and you create something new in spring training. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a once-a-year sort of thing that you change out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every, Plus te- it's- every team does it, so it's all right. Yeah, yeah, every yeah. yeah. Team. I, got, I got no problem with it at all. I think it's kind of cool. Um, although uh, reading poems. Has, has reading poems been in here before? 
Uh, reading poems has made his or her debut today and has been very strong in the chat. Says, I always thought the Viking thing was lame. I can, I can, I can see why people would think that. I do like his second point that it should be something that relates to the Reds. I mean, I know we all hate the Brewers right now, but them doing the cheese head, that's actually a Milwaukee thing. That's a big, that's right. a cool thing. Like, I wish, I wish yeah. it was something Reds related, not just a Viking. Well, what's something that you could wear that's Cincinnati related or Reds related? I don't know. That's what I mean. Well, you could do something with like a, a flying pig, right? Like a, Casey would want to slaughter a pig after every home <laughs> yeah, run. Yeah, he would. A Sky Rosa. Every time you hit a home run, you have to eat a Sky Rosa. <laughs> they got those uh, Coney head helmets. I've what is in our buffet tonight, by the way? Does anybody know? Montgomery Inn. Yeah, it's, u- it's usually barbecue, hot dogs, sauerkraut, and uh, mac and cheese. That's usually the buffet. Is this going to be unlimited? So you, if I want 10 hot dogs, can I eat 10 hot dogs? And they this- do like popcorn, peanuts. They do all that. Okay. But there, That's there, usually what is they Is there do. a limit is what I'm asking? I don't know. You know, no, 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 no. No limit? I mean, like, eventually, eventually the buffet stops. Like, it's, you know, seventh or eighth inning. They pick the food up. But till then, yeah, it stays hot. Get your money's worth. Get yeah. your money's so, worth. So, I mean, are you talking about rib, barbecued ribs, chicken? Are you no, talking pulled, about, like, a pulled pork pulled, sandwich pulled pork, kind of thing? It's usually pulled pork, little hamburger, cheeseburger sliders. Mac oh, and, you, you left that part out. Mac okay. and cheese. And then... Like and then one of the other dishes is is usually a, a, a brat. Well, it's like a brat hot dog sauerkraut. One of those okay pans. What will you be partaking in? Uh, the pulled pork and the mac and cheese is really good. Casey, pulled pork. Yeah, yeah. Gents, hot dogs. Whenever I go to a game, I go. I get hot dogs. Has hot to be dogs. hot dogs. More than one. Two hot dogs. I get two hot dogs a game. Mustard. No mustard. Ketchup. No ketchup. Good. Ugh. Good. Just raw dog. Just I just a plain hot dog. I like it the old-fashioned way. The way it was meant to be had. Jake. Ketchup and mustard for me, but hot dogs. Hot dogs, hot dogs. I like some hot dogs, I said too. to my daughter last night, ketchup on a great sausage or hot dog or brat is like sick. Big ketchup Agreed. guy. When you go to Milwaukee, that's a home. That's the, 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 that's the home of the brat, right? It was phenomenal there. They're the best. They, they soak them in Miller beer all night. And then you throw them on the grill. It's the way you make them up there in Wisconsin. Hmm. They soak all night in Miller beer, and then they throw them on the grill the next day, tailgate, Packers, Brewers, whatever. And, and, and there's, it's got to be like that golden brown mustard, a certain kind. And when I watched my daughter last night smother this sausage in catch, and I mean, when I say smothered, you couldn't even see the sausage, and the thing's like that thick. And, and she's got smile. And I'm like, what are you doing to that thing? Ugh. All right. Uh, there was something I was getting ready to ask you guys as well. Um, doggone it. It's about tonight. Oh, what is the... Uh, so for a lot of people who bought the ticket ahead of time, they got the merch. Yes. Okay. Now, I asked around when I got here early this morning, some guys over in headlines, they made the shirts, right? Yep. I was asking... If we had any shirts laying around here, because uh, you know we've got some the biggest wig of all coming down from UDF, our, our our big sponsor tonight coming down, right? Got another sponsor coming down. Be nice to be able to give those guys a big league T-shirt, right? right? So are you guys? I mean, we're going to a ballpark. 
And I'm all about the t-shirt kind of thing. But this is, we are representing Chatterbox Sports. So, Paul, are you wearing that collared red shirt, or are you putting on a T-shirt? Uh, I don't know if our shirt order is in. If our short shirt order is in, then I'll probably wear the red shirt that has Cincinnati across the chest. I got one of those. Um, I know there are some pickup orders available. If ours is available, I'll probably wear that. And if not, that's why I wore the polo today, because I'm just going to go straight to the game. Casey, are you in uh, – you, you got the collared shirt going. Yeah, I got it. I, it's not Reds-sponsored. Um, it's just a red polo. I would like to wear our, our stuff that we got. That, that's what I would hope for. Um, if not, I'm probably just going to wear this down there. I plan on wearing a shirt. If, if the shirt is, if the t-shirt, shirt is, t-shirt, oh, yeah, t-shirt, if our shirts are ready, I, I plan on wearing yeah. my, my Harambe shirt with pride. Yeah. Absolutely. Harambe. Harambe. One of our shirts is Harambe. What the hell's Harambe got to do with Chatterbox Sports? <laughs> Cincinnati that's legend. the gorilla. That, that's... He's a Cincinnati guy. You ever been to the city of Cincinnati, Tom? <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I've been there a time or two. <laughs> I know who Harambe is. I'm asking, what's that got to do with Chatterbox? That's, well, that's the gorilla. That's where are we the, located? It's, it's, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's got everything to do because that's our spirit. That's our guy. He was taken from us way too soon. Casey was probably the one who did it. And, and, and now we just represent Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> How we represent Harambe any way we can. It's it's a really cool picture. It's Harambe swinging a bat in the City Connect jerseys. Um, so yeah, I, I that's what I plan on wearing. I think it'll be fun. I got one of the Crawlade shirts, and I can't think of a better night to wear that than CES's debut. So I'm hoping those shirts are in. Crawl what? Crawlade. Drink the Crawlade, Tom. Like Kool Aid. It's like Kool Aid. Like so instead of the Kool Aid Man logo, Kral. it's Nick Crawl. In the bucket of. Do you need to, let, let's just show the merch. Okay, and we're going to grade these. Yes. All yes. Right? We're going to grade the merch. Okay. This is a great idea. So here we go. What is this? That's so Harambe up there. That's Harambe. Harambe is holding the bat. Yeah, yes. let me, let me, in a red uniform. Let me do some live editing here, real quick. Let me zoom in go. and. A little inside base. So, so that's, that's Harambe. Okay, in gray and black. Yeah, you can see that, right? Okay. Is there anything that, that, that tells you about Chatterbox? There's a Chatterbox logo it's on, on the, the back, back of every the, shirt. On the back of every shirt, there's a Chatterbox logo. Okay. You so, all right, hold on. Where are we going to put the ranking on Harambe? One to ten, ten being the best, one being the worst. I love the Harambe. 9.7 for me. 9.7. It's, it's my second favorite shirt on the site, so I'm going to go with a nine as well. Gents? I love it. I love it. I don't know if it could be any more perfect. Um... I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. Oh, God. It's not one of my favorite shirts. Well, of course it's not because there's an animal involved. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's, you know, I, I, I'm just one of those guys that treats Harambe very seriously. I, I mean, I, I don't yeah, think it's a joke. Good. I don't think this is a joke. When you kill it's not him. a joking matter. But I guess the rest of y'all think it's Tom, a joke. Tom, you're great. I'm giving that a solid eight. Okay. Okay, I like that. I really like that design. I'm not All right, gonna, next I'm, up we have Crawlade. Can you zoom in on that, Casey, please? Yes, I can. The chat, by the way, gave that twos and threes and fours on Harambe. I th I, That's this, terrible. This one's my runaway favorite shirt. Yeah, this is one of ten my favorites. Ten out of ten. It's a great shirt. Elliot? I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah, I was going to go 7.3. Casey? I'm going to give this an 
Okay. All right, what's next? And we just it's got just a plain red, Cincinnati shirt. It's in white that's and red. Solid, and red and that's white. a solid tint. That's one of the that's one yeah. of the ones I got. Solid traditional solid. Yeah, I, I like love that. that too. I give it a six. What? what? No do creativity. You, do you hate your city? No creativity. Not a lot of creativity going on there. It's a good shirt, but you know. There's nothing creative about the Yankees uniforms year after year. They're still the Yanks. It's true. Right? It's true. Like Notre Dame's helmet, Penn State's yeah. helmet, Alabama's helmet, right? If you put a pinstripe on there, I'll give it a 10. But until then, <laughs> I, I, it's a, it gets a 6 that for me. That shirt wins 27 World Series. We'll have a different take. That's right. Alex says Cincinnati in gray is better. Okay, what do we have next? Believe. Believe. I love this one. This one, gets a, this one gets a 10 for me. This one's a perfect Zoom in one. on that, please, Casey. Yes, sir. So this is with the stash. This was a suggested by, by, by the way, David Brown. When we're talking about yes. things the Reds could have instead of the Viking in the dugout is putting on this stash. I think that's a great idea. You could do the stash no, with, the, with do, the hat. Yeah, I do like that. Red hat. That'd, That'd be, be big great. time. That'd be big time. Yeah. I All right, believe. Go around the horn here, Casey. This is going to get an 8.3 for me. I like this one a lot. Oh, I love this shirt. Uh I, I absolutely love this shirt. This might be my favorite shirt in the store. I'm going to go 9.3. Do you have to be a, a mustache guy to like this shirt? No. Okay, just checking. No, go no. ahead. Well, so this is a playoff uh, the show. Um... Whoa. Nope. No, it's not. No. No, it's we not. We established that. No, it is not. Oh, it's not? Say nope. that again. Legally, it is not. Legally, it's not. No, that's not, what I, that's not even what I was going with. Then what are you talking about? Don't speak. We're on a show here. What are we talking no. about? No. Remember I sent it in the chat? No. Ted Lasso walked so that the Polar Ex or Polar Express walked so oh, that Ted Lasso could run. So, Tom, it's a show called Ted Lasso. I've watched all show. of Ted Lasso. You know so the it's, sign. It's a, it's Despite a the fact that there's any soccer involved. That's correct. <laughs> and, and this is a playoff that I love. It It gets a 9.8 for me. Better than the Harambe one. Yeah, this is absolutely fantastic. Jake? Go 8-1. It is third behind Harambe and Crawl Age so far for me. Okay. All right. And then over here, extend the, the playoff of Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? I love extend this, Bell. too. Boy, Paul is the ultimate company man here. He loves every shirt. Yeah, he is. Well, I mean, I how mean, much do I talk on. about? How much do I talk about Taco Bell? Is this your favorite, too? No, no, no. The Believe one is. Oh, okay. The Believe one I is. I thought all of them have been your favorite. No, so no, no. The Believe, the believe one is. Bell. I didn't get this one. This is one of the ones that I did. I get. should have, though. Big David Bell guy. It's very on brand for this me. This is, by and large, getting a lot of low numbers here. Uh, a three, a five, a zero, <laughs> a five, a five, a one, They're a not grading two. the shirt there. They're grading uh, David And then Bell. you jump up to 10. <laughs> 4.6. Uh, Mr. Hamiltucky. Is that Reed that, Mouse? That's Mouse no, Cop. That's mouse account. Cop. That's mouse Cop changed, changed his, his name. Changed you his name. have got to be kidding me. <laughs> He can change it back. He'll probably change it back eventually. But yeah. Just why, for the show. Why in the world would he change his name? He has built up a stellar reputation in this chat. <laughs> well, now he wants to build it up as Mr. Hamiltucky. <laughs> okay. I'm surprised Trace didn't make a, a trade India shirt with the way he hates Jonathan India. I would have bought 10. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't have. All right, All right, what else do we have here? Here's another playoff, the stash and the Viking helmet. Love it. I love this one. This is one of my favorite ones. That's, That's solid. That is solid. Right yeah. 9.6 for me. me. Jake? Go right around there as well, 9.5. Paul? 
I'm going to go like 7, 8. Case? 8.9 for me, Tom. 8.9. Wow. Here's Just one. short of a 9 there. This, this one's is... for you, Tom. By the height, this one is not for me. <laughs> this gets very low numbers for me. Go ahead. I'm in. So this is my favorite. Because I don't buy bunch. it. This is my favorite out of the whole bunch. I said we should have put a little, uh, a uh, what, what is it, a copyright or a... Um, a TM. A TM trademark. <laughs> Sir Boy Wonder on the bottom of this. Because he definitely is the one that started this whole buy the hype train. So this is a 9.1 for me. By the way, uh, Harry Yeprim Jr., is that it? Who I've never seen in the, in the chat before. Says if we put glasses on the last t-shirt, that would be Casey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that would basically be me. That is a <laughs> solid take right there. Welcome to the chat, young man. By the hype, that gets a 8.9 from me. I think we all like this 3.2. We just got swept by the Brewers. Mm. Mm. Next shirt. Next shirt. I think we only have two left, right? Now, these, these two are, are oh, I guess, three. Oh, three left. Three left. Okay. What do we got there on the left case? Zoom in on that a little bit. What is this? So, this is Red's Hot. I think it's a play from... From older Reds teams, maybe. Okay. I'm not sure. Or just the phrase Red Hot. It's just or Red Hot. Red, is it just phrase. Red's Hot? I thought there was something else because of the cassette tape. I don't, no. I don't know. Okay. Uh, rankings on this? I'm going to give it a 5.1. I'll go 5.2. Paul? Price 6.1. Case? Yeah, I was going to give it a 6. Okay. All right, so this one's low. This one's the lowest one so yeah, far. Yeah, it's low. These next two are big league shows. Ronnie Smith liked it, though. What's this one? The black one. It's Chatterbox Just brand. Chatterbox Just brand. straight up. I mean, that's, that's a solid. good shirt. That's a 10.0. So, that's, 10 10 that's a 10. That is a 10. So just so people know, if you haven't gotten your shirts yet, that uh, little logo there is what's on the back of the shirt right underneath the neck, and it's about that size. That's solid. Solid. 10s across the board. Ronnie, right. Andrew, the real spirit cat, Matt Bailey. He says, no good, Matt Bailey. Andrew says 10 out of 10. I like this one. That's yeah, one of my favorites. One. Yeah, this is good. And then we have one more. Yeah. And then this is this might be my favorite out of the whole bunch. I don't think it gets sure. a lot of love though, because that's the bottom. Look at this. I want to know how what many does of it these. Say? Nut, it's cutter nut cutter nation. nation. Oh, I want to know. I mean, solid ten. Does that come in any other colors? I don't think so. I think it's just black. Zoom in on that a little bit. Let me see what you got going on there. Little acorn up top. Little acorn at the top. Acorn for a nut. For a nut. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I really appreciate that. All right. Nut Cutter Nation. That's a solid 10. What do you guys give that? Oh, that's a 10. Yeah, that's a 10. That's an elite shirt. 10. Those OG off the bench fans will be all over that one. If you were young and single like two guys are in here, <laughs> and you walked around constantly down to the banks tonight, say after the yeah. game or pregame, yeah. And you're walking around with Nutcutter Nation on your shirt. Great talking point. Absolutely. Right? You of get all the shirts yes. we have, that is the best talking point shirt. Yes. You get to talk about how it was conceived, or the shirt was conceived. Well, you huh? get to talk about all your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm struggling. What, right right. Yeah. what are we conceiving? What I was trying to say is you get to talk about all your favorite. <laughs> 
Never mind. Just, just never mind. Go ahead, Casey. No, no, no. Don't leave <laughs> yourself good. out there, I'm Casey. Good. I'm all right. I'm good. Yeah, you get to talk about the conception of the shirt. Yeah. Right. And nuts. Reed Mouse wants to get a Nutcutter Nation shirt in small. Like a lot of the shirts he wears here on the... Uh, yeah, he wears extra small. He does. So those guns, right? Sun's out, guns out. Yep. You got to make them pop somehow. A lot of people want to know if Reed is wearing those five-inch shorts. I told you I learned all about this <laughs> when I went to J. Crew. Because mm -hmm. my wife was all over me about wearing the, the nine-inch shorts. She's like, look, you know... You try to take care of yourself. You're lean, whole deal. Those nine-inch shorts that hang down above your kneecaps, right? Mm -hmm. She's like, it makes you look old. I am old, but it makes you look old. She's like, you got to lose those. So I went into J. Crew and I found out that shorts are made in nine-inch, seven-inch, five-inch. Mm -hmm. Reed wears the five. I don't know anybody else besides college guys in high school. You wear the fives? Five-inch shorts or pants. Only two options. And I'm wearing pants in here every day. Yeah, five inches crazy, but to each their own. Paul, I mean, you I, go on the five-inch ride? No, I think I do. Well, yeah, I got longer legs. I think I usually, <laughs> I think I usually go with seven. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Your long legs? Yeah. I'm looking at Paul's shorts right now from where I'm sitting, <laughs> and they look like a three-inch. They're getting up there. Let me just show everyone in the chat real quick how <laughs> short these shorts are. They really are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you talking about, Paul? These are these those are, are five inch. These are they're not. They're not seven. Those are three inches. <laughs> I mean, Reed's walking around here in you know in extra small t-shirts and five inch shorts. It's a shame. It's a shame, really. Now, are you guys wearing pants or shorts to the game tonight? I'm, I'm very interested <laughs> in this because, look, here's, here's the thing you face. And all of you have had this. Okay, it doesn't matter where you work, right? You, you get invited to some social event from work, okay? And, and tonight, we're going to have our biggest sponsors that are going to be at this thing tonight, okay? These are professional people. I mean... Very highly successful people, okay? And we, in some to varying degrees, are the very face, or faces, plural, of Chatterbox Sports and this business and brand we're trying to build. So do we, do we wear shorts tonight? I have a longstanding opinion that I wear pants when I go out even just like to the bar on a Friday night. I'm, I'm not wearing shorts if I'm going out in a social setting. Okay. Pants nonstop. I think Elliot? I've only worn shorts on the show one time. Okay, Elliot? Yeah, I'm going to be wearing shorts. I'm going to be wearing shorts. I'm going to look like a schlub. But that's okay. When you go to a ballpark, you're allowed to look like a schlub. All social, all social conventions leave when you go to the ballpark. I mean, I don't think I can get home in between uh, the show and the game, so I think I'm going to wear pants unless I have a backup in the car. All right, sorry, I'm going to wear shorts. Sorry, I'm wearing what I got on now. Casey, I'm, I'm wearing what I got on right now. Short. Yes. Well, uh, guys in the chat uh, are saying, um, boy, uh, that, that one guy says our topics are riveting. Look, we, we covered the Reds. We covered the Bengals. We've covered everything going on here today, 
right? We're in the last 10 minutes of the show. Lighten up a little bit. Um, Nick Kirby says he's wearing shorts. He didn't even pack pants for his trip down from Cleveland. Most of the others say they're going with the shorts tonight. Um, Mr. Hamiltucky says he's going with the long pants. You ever seen Sopranos, Tom? I have. A Don never wears shorts. Mm. Always remember that. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. I hope it doesn't rain out. That, that would be that would be miserable. Real bummer. David Brown says it's a work group outing, not a business meeting. Well, you're right. Um, Alex says that Trace and I, at the very minimum, have to wear pants. All right. Ham and Eggers, take it away for a minute. We got 10 minutes to come back. We're going to do our, what do you call it? Immaculate grid. Yeah, immaculate grid and a cherry on top. It's that type of the show, the ham and eggers. These guys are great, trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. <clears throat> well, something that we didn't really talk about yet, and we don't really talk about it much, but FC, they did win. Bopinza, their new striker, debuted, scored a goal. It was, a, it was, you know, they they should have won that game. I mean, the, the two red cards for Nashville, um, like, they, they, they just dominated for the last 30 minutes of that game. Or I think it was 30 minutes, yeah. something like that. After that second red. Yeah. Did you see Messi's introduction down in Miami? Did you watch the video last night of his introduction down in Miami? It was a sold-out stadium for his introduction. That's, I mean, America hasn't seen him yet. That, that's what that's, except at Publix, except at Publix, <laughs> which I heard I heard there there may be. Did you guys see that Messi at Publix last week in the high noon aisle? Yeah. So I heard a little little inside baseball here. I heard he's got a brand deal with Publix. I'm I'm the biggest Publix guy you'll ever meet. Well, yeah, no, but I'm saying, you know, everybody was like, you know, he's going down to Miami and he's shopping at Publix now. He goes out one time and gets recognized at Publix, and Publix now has all this, I don't know, just something to keep an eye on. Hmm. Hmm. As you can tell, it is uh, Monday after the Reds got swept. Uh, we have the Open this weekend. Everett's asking about if Rory's a lock going into the weekend. No, no chance he wins two in a row. No chance he wins two in a row, right? I don't know. If, if he's ever been due for a major, it'd be, it'd be right now. He's pretty due, but uh, yeah. my fantasy league, we always use the Open to determine our draft order, and I got stuck with Brooks this week, so I'm on the Brooks train. I mean, he, he just won yesterday, won the Scottish. Great scenes. Great scenes. Great scenes. Can you expect him to win two in a row, though? I would assume that's, not. I would assume not. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Let's do the Immaculate Grid. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Let's have at it. So we got Rangers Astros, Nationals Astros, Rangers Dodgers, Nationals Dodgers, and what's that last column? Gold, Gold glove. glove. Oh, I thought it says 200 plus. Oh, that, yeah, oh. it says 200, two, oh, 200. Oh, Gold Glove at the bottom. Correct. So that means for what? For Texas down there at the bottom, you got to pick a Gold Glover? Yes. 
It has to be a gold glove winner with the the Rangers. With the Rangers. Yeah. Okay, or with the Nationals, right? Yes. Okay, who wants to begin? Uh, Jake? I can't think of a national gold glove winner other than Ryan Zimmerman. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Let's, but okay, let's not, I mean, we have to Hold on, I can, I can, I can. Pull something. Yeah, hold on. I can pull. Strasburg may have won the Silver Slugger. I don't All right, know. Casey, go to I, I the, don't think Strasburg won a gold. No, Casey, I don't think go to Astro 200K season, and you're going to type in Roy Oswalt. That's a good one. Uh-oh. My bad. Hang on. Hang on. Roy and then Oswald? O-S-W-L. Oswald. Yep, Oswald. Okay. It's a seven percenter. Okay. Solid. Yeah. yeah, he won the he won the silver slugger, not the gold glove. I knew he won one of the two. Uh we think old pitchers are lower percentages than new pitchers, probably. You have Sandy Koufax for the Dodgers 200Ks. Yep. Oh, yeah. Easily. But that's going to be a high number. I don't know. Okay, I have, I have one. Um, I need 19. To, I'm gonna, that's not bad. I'm going to look up and make sure that he won it with Washington. Hold on. Are you thinking of the same guy I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of one guy. He's not known for playing for Washington. Ah, uh, I don't know. He bounced around all over. When I think of him, I think of Washington. Then we're not thinking of the same guy. Okay, hold on. Let me make sure. Let me make sure he won this with Washington because I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, you guys keep going. All right, I'm going to go. Yeah, he did. I got it. I got it. Since his name came up earlier in the chat, or, or earlier in the uh, show with Dave Fleming, I'm going to go with Hunter Pence for Astros. Yes, Rangers. H-U-N-T-E-R Pence, P-E-N-C-E. Only because his name came up earlier. H-U-N-T. Hunter. Hunter Pence. Okay, okay I, got, I got all the Nationals ones, I think. What was that number on Pence? 4%. That's there we go. Solid. Solid. Okay, go. solid, solid. Once gold, again. Gold Glove Nationals. Let's do Adam LaRoche. I was thinking Larry Walker, but I don't know if he won one for the Nationals. Adam or L-A. Yep, yeah, there you go. 6%. Yeah, baby. All right. Dodgers, Nats, Blake, mm. Blake Trinan. Yeah, it's a good one. Good stuff, Paul. Blake. And then, uh, yeah, there you go. 0.8%. Bang, baby. You got one more. There we go. All right. Uh, let, me, let me do a little soul searching on Nationals Astros. Uh... So is that last column uh, somebody who had a 200 strikeout season as a pitcher and won a gold glove? Correct. That's a lot, Greg Maddox. He won more gold gloves than any pitcher all time. Lock. Greg Maddox? Greg Maddox, lock. 60%. 60%. Oh, 60%. 60%? I know it's the first time I've had one more than 4%. Adrian Beltre for Ranger gold glove. Say, what was his name? Adrian. 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 <laughs> Adrian. Adrian what? Beltre. B e l t r e. Twenty-eight. All right. I'm. I'm uh, Tony Sip, Nats Astros from Nick Mormon. Wow. There we Tony go. Tony Sip. There's one. Left-handed for, reliever. For Astros and Houston. Astros. Astros wait. Yeah, Astros, Nats, Tony Sip. That's a great one. Tony. 
S I P P. There you go. You no, 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 no. It was there. It was there. It's at the top. There it is. Two percent. Two percent. Let's go. All right. All right. Go ahead. Somebody right. else. Rangers and Dodgers. We're down to the. We're at the end. Uh, need a low one. Wait. Need a low one. Does that one work? I didn't know he played there. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, no, he did not. Somebody's, There's an obvious the one. Most, the most recognizable one, his face is already up there. Yep. But uh, we're not going to guess him because it would be a high number. Corey Seager. There you go. Solid pick. Is that with a C? Corey Seager. Yeah. Yes. C-O-R-E-Y. C-O-R-E-Y. R-E-Y. And then S. Come on, man. E-Y. Seager. The hell's going on over there? There we go. There we go. Wait, scroll down. Let's see who the most popular people were. So we picked two right. of the two of the same. We picked two high ones. That yeah, that's my fun. fault. I, I, I that's just the first name that popped into my mind. I forgot the game we're playing here. Nick Mormon, Mark Teixeira played for the Los Angeles Angels, not the Dodgers. Now, Paul, do you look at this accuracy chart at all? Because that was a 36 percenter you got there with the Astros and Nationals. It's pretty good. It's not bad. This is all the rage, this, this, this game, right? Yeah. Oh, it's great. Football version will be starting soon. I cannot wait for that, Tom. There are a couple out there already, but they're not, they're not up to snuff yet with what that baseball one is. So you give them some time. Okay. Uh, do we have a cherry on top? Casey Dewey? I might. I don't. I do not. Do you? I, I do not have any. You that know what it should have been if there was one today, and I should have brought this up. Did you see the interview with the women's champion from Wimbledon about the Harry Styles thing? No. Did you see this? No. So she apparently had tickets to go see Harry Styles, right? She had to cancel going because... She made it to the Wimbledon finals. So whoever was doing the interview asked her about it afterwards, right there, center court. Oh, I have it. You want me to play it? No, no, no. Okay. It's okay. It was, it was just cute. Yeah. Where she uh, and her husband's in the stands, right? And, um, and she's asked about it. And she puts up, you know, the love thing, right? The heart thing, right? For Harry Styles. He just says, gosh, I'm, I'm so bummed I had to miss it. Well, apparently, Harry Styles saw it, and he said, we're playing in town four more nights. You can come to every single one of them. So it was pretty cool. Uh, the other little cherry on top, the United States of America, the United States of the Wildcats won the gold medal in that little tournament. They were Cal! Playing. Leader of men! Cal! That's a leader of men. Beat Canada again. Leader of men! Cal's got it going on. And that is just the first step of many big steps for Cal and the Big Blue this upcoming season. Elliot, you on board with the Big Blue? Well, yeah, I am more than the Kentucky fans are. So, yeah, I, I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm riding the Big Blue. All right, fellas, uh, give me quickly before we say goodbye, you're over under on beer consumption knowing you're not driving tonight. Casey? Over Ooh, under. Um, Degenerate minute before we leave. So all of us or just me? 
for you. For me, yes. I'm at least going to put it at four. At least four for me. I'm driving, so. Okay, well, then you're out. I'm out. I don't drink that much, Tom, so I'm going to put it at one. All right. Jake? We get two for free, so I'm going four and a half. Okay. Solid. Solid. Man. Okay. All right. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing everybody out there tonight. Hope you can join us. Hopefully the weather. Come on, Mother Nature. Need a good night tonight. Chatterbox Sports Night. Great American Ballpark. Reds and the Giants. 7-10 tonight. Uh, gentlemen, Wait. thank you very much. There is a box lunch today. There is. There is a box lunch. Just informed. All right. Hang lunch. on. Hang on. Because uh, pull it up, Casey. <laughs> I got to pull it you up. You know what on. it is. No, don't do because it tomorrow, no, no, don't do we, it we talked so much about, about do it again. Anthony DiSclafani coming off the disabled list to, to pitch for the Giants tomorrow. Tomorrow is also the first start for Luke Dream Weaver uh, since the All-Star break. So, as we go to box lunch, we look forward to seeing many of you later tonight. We leave you with our good friend, Elliot, in honor of of Luke Dream Weaver.